Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. Come on. Yes, come on. Give them some praise. Give the Lord some praise. Yeah. Come on. Who's excited to be here? We'd like to welcome you here to Calvary. Come on, we exist so so that way you can connect to Christ, experience freedom, hunger for God, and live out your purpose. Amen? That's what we are about. We're excited that you are here this morning. You are joining us. If you are listening to us for the first time online, welcome to Calvary. Amen? We pray that you will be blessed. Amen? So we have a guest speaker this morning. I'm excited about it. Are, are you excited about Yes, I, Yeah, that's usually how it works. But before we do that, I just want us to pray over our offering today. So if I can just have you stand one more time. Um, some, some exciting things are happening in Calvary. We are pursuing a building of our own. Yeah, that's exciting. We, we about to graduate. Uh, we about to establish some roots in this community. Amen. Uh, so we have this opportunity to have our own place. It's something that we've been praying for for years, and the time is now. Like the future is now for, for Calvary. Um, and so we would like for you to join us. Uh, we're looking to raise funds for this building. Um, so we want everyone to join. We want you to tithe. We want you to give. We want you to tithe again. We want you to give again. Amen. We need your help. It's our church. It's our church. Amen. And um, so it this reminds me of the Old Testament when the um, the exiles were released from captivity. The first thing that they did, they made uh, rebuilding God's temple their priority. They, they gave their time. They gave their talents and they gave their resources. They yes, they faced obstacles. Amen. But they but they were all committed to making this happen, this uh, bring uh, God's temple, rebuilding God's temple into fruition. Um, and so we have this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity. Uh, you matter. Your help matters. You know, a lot of times we pray for a miracle, but at times God wants us to use us as that miracle. Amen. So you may be that miracle that Calvary's waiting for. Amen. So we're trying to raise funds. We just want to ask everyone to kind of join us in doing that. It's going to be exciting when we walk into that building and we get to shout and scream and see all the lives that are changed and salvations and healings that will take place in that building. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. So let's just pray over our offering. If I just just lift your hands. If we have an offering basket in the back, you can give online. Go to calvarylifedfw.com. And so, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you put in, in front of us, Lord God. And we know that you provide, Lord, and so we know that if, you, if you're calling us, we know that you're calling us to this place, Lord God. You always send us to a place of provision, Lord God. And so this is our opportunity, Lord God, and I thank you for everyone that's in, in this church. I thank you for all the givers, Lord God, that we have in this place, Lord God. 
I cannot wait and see the smile on the faces of people who've been serving in this church for a long time, Lord God, as we walk into this building and, this, uh, and just enjoy our, our time there, Lord. So we thank you for this opportunity. We pray over our offering today, Lord God. We ask you to multiply it. Lord God, use someone today, Lord God. Use someone as that miracle, Lord. We just thank you for it, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give him a shout this morning. Yes, yes. Just, just remain standing as I introduce our guest speaker today, Pastor Phil McMillan, executive pastor of Oceans Church in Florida. Amen. Great man of God. We've known him for years. We had a wonderful privilege to serve with him in our Connecticut campus over the years. And um, he is just doing great things. God is using him tremendously. He has such a, a great anointing of, of leadership and speaking. Um, so anytime that he is here um, speaking, he leaves a deposit. And so you got to get ready today because I know God is going to use him tremendously. He is such a dear friend to us. Um, he is family. And so we, we are excited to have him here today. So can you give him a Calvary welcome as Pastor Phil comes and minister today? All right, good morning. Y'all go ahead and have a seat. So good to be here. Y'all had enough coffee or tea or whatever you drink, water? Come on, somebody. Come on, Thurston. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm so, so honored to be here. So I, I want to start by um, just saying thank you. Um, you know, you, you, you as, a, as a church family, you've helped G and Yolanda walk through the, the most difficult season of their life. And one of the things that is, can be debilitating, as you know, just as a friend, when, when, when a friend experiences loss and you're, you're disconnected and you feel far away, it can be debilitating. But to know that there's been a church family that surrounded him. Uh, so thank you, Pastor Lewis, Joaquin. Thank you. Thank you guys for just your, your service to these, this man and, man and woman of God during a difficult time. And, and we know that's what God calls us to. God calls us as his church to, to, to share the burdens of one another. We're not designed to do life alone. Come on, somebody. Like, we're not designed to walk through this life like, and just do things and go through trials and circumstances by ourselves. But it's the sons and daughters that are to walk with one another through difficult circumstances. I'm just going to, like, watch out for this little, little, little. Like, all right. Praise the Lord. But thank you, guys. Really, thank you. I know you guys have been in a series. Calvary Life has been in a series called, Where Are You? Where Are You? Turn to somebody next to you and say, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I'm going to be uh, sharing from you, uh, sharing with you from the book of Esther. If you have your Bible, would you go to Esther chapter 2? <clears throat> where are you? Esther chapter 2, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read verses 8 through 20. I may skip around a bit, but um, you can go ahead and also put a finger in Esther chapter 4 as well. And at some point, I'll read Romans 8. So if you got little ribbons or whatever, you put that in your Bible or you just get it ready on your phone. But All right. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. <clears throat> Here we go. Esther chapter 2. Now, as for those of you that don't know, Esther, well, her, her Jewish name was Hadassah, and she was a, a woman. She was actually one who became an orphan. Her parents had passed away, and her, her elder cousin, Mordecai, uh, began to uh, oversee her or raise her up 
And she found herself in this place and found favor with this Persian king. And, and she was one that was brought before the king to be his potential queen, his potential, or one of his potential wives. So we pick this up in Esther chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. As a result of the king's decree, Esther, along with many other young women, was brought to the king's harem at the fortress of Susa and placed in Haggai's care. Haggai was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments. Hey now, that sounds amazing. Come on, special menu. He also assigned her seven maidens specially chosen from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. Verse 10, Esther had not toned, and remember, she's a Jewish woman in, in, a, in a foreign land, Esther had not told anyone of her nationality and family background because Mordecai, Mordecai, her elder cousin, had directed her not to do so. Every day Mordecai would take a walk near the courtyard of the harem to find out about Esther and what was happening to her. Verse 12, before each young woman was taken to the king's bed, she was given the prescribed, the prescribed 12 months of beauty treatments. All the women said, Amen. Six months with oil of myrrh, followed by six months with special perfumes and ointments. Woo. When it was time for her to go to the king's palace, she was given her choice of whatever clothing or jewelry she wanted to take from the harem. I'll jump down to verse 15. Esther was the daughter of Abihail, who was Mordecai's uncle. So Mordecai had adopted his younger cousin, Esther. When it was Esther's turn to go to the king, she accepted the advice of Haggai, the eunuch in charge of the harem. She asked for nothing. Check this out. She asked for nothing. She could ask for whatever she wanted. She asked for nothing except what he suggested, and she was admired by everyone who saw her. I'll continue on into verse uh, uh, 17. I'll jump down. And the king loved Esther more than any of the other young women. He was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head and declared her queen instead of Vashti. To celebrate the occasion, he had a great banquet in Esther's honor for all his nobles and officials declaring a public holiday for the provinces and, gener and giving generous gifts to everyone. Verse 20 says, Esther continued to keep her family background and nationality a secret. St uh, she was still following Mordecai's directions just as she did when she lived in his home. Would you bow your heads? Let me pray one more time, and we're, we're going to just ask of the Lord. Father, teach us today what it looks like to live a life of contentment. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 High five somebody real quick. High five them. whoever's next to you. Now, how many know we got things that we're good at? My brother. And things that we're not good at. Praise the Lord. Like we all have strengths and weaknesses, right? Like, right, we all have things that we're good at and things that we are maybe naturally not good at. And our culture is really good at telling us and revealing the deficiencies we have. Amen? Amen. Culture does such a great job in the advent of social media and all these ways that we can look up and see the places that we fall short. And, and we have this place of comparison that's just been infused in our Western way of living, where we look at those around us 
And there's senses of envy that we have. I wish I looked like this. I wish I was a little taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. Y'all don't, don't remember that song? Is that Skilo? Yeah, Skilo. Come on, somebody from the 90s. We all have limitations and deficiencies, right? Like we all have things that we fall short on. If you think back over your childhood, over your adult years, you'll see places even now where you're at, you look back over your past and you say you can see instances, circumstances, places in your life where you look back and you say, because this happened, because of this circumstance, because I am this way, I am not living the life that I wanted. Or you are not living the life that you thought you wanted. So our limitations in many ways, we can look back, and our limitations have maybe in the natural caused setbacks for us. But could it be that the setbacks we experience in life are the perfect position for the setups of God? Amen. So the title really of my message, and I'll give it to you now, and I probably got like three titles, but I'll give you this one, the first one. Where are you? Subtitle, exactly where you need to be exactly where you need to be. You are in the perfect place to partner with God to bring heaven on earth. Amen. Jesus teaching his disciples, the disciples had a, a hunger and desire, said, teach us how to pray. And one of the things in the Lord's prayer that he highlighted said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the desire, that should be the desire of the saints of God, the sons and daughters of God, that we would desire to bring the order and the, the beauty of heaven here on earth but like the challenges that exist that like I said in 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 the comparison culture that we live in many of us we find ourselves in a place of feeling lost in our purpose right feeling lost in our calling feeling lost on our jobs what on earth am I here for Lord like what's my role to play in this earth and it's a place that we are often in battle with, we're, we're, all, we're often trying to understand what is my lot, what is my place, what is my contribution. And as I was trying to download Pastor Gwenmar's heart for this series and, and, and recognizing that and uh, identifying where we are in life, that God is always on a continual basis inviting us to a place of spiritual renewal, yeah. renewing our spirits. Esther, so we see this, this woman who is an orphan, someone who had lost the, 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 the two dearest things is her parents, she, she's an orphan, and here she finds herself positioned to be a queen, and praise the Lord, like a lot of times in our, in our life, we find ourselves in deficient places, and we're believing God, and we say, God, I'm trusting you for this job, I'm trusting you for this mate, I'm trusting you for this thing that I feel like when I receive it, I'm, I'm going to be at the top of the mountain. It's all going to be good. I won't have to worry about anything. And Esther finds herself in this place where she is literally a crown is placed on her head. She receives authority. She receives favor. She receives the spoils of this kingdom. And she could have sat back and said, I have achieved. I have fulfilled my dream. And she could have sat back. And many of us kind of get to that place where we're like, whoo, I got it. I got the job. Hallelujah. 
Like, I found that girl, I found that guy, like, it's all good. And then life happens. So we see with Esther, as you continue on, and I won't read it, but in your own time, you go to, we see this instance of, of Esther being exposed to the kingdom, being a crown placed on her hand. The next chapter, chapter 3, the introduction of this guy named Naaman. Everybody say Naaman. Naaman, he was an official, basically picture a general in, in an army or, or, or for, for a kingdom or a province. He was, he was a man of great authority. And this man had it out because Mordecai, the man who we talked about before, Mordecai would not bow down to the king. He would not bow down when called to, to bow down and pay homage to, to the king and to the, to the other lords of this province in Persia. So Naaman, this guy, now sets out a plot to destroy the Jewish people. And remember, Esther herself was a Jew. She didn't tell anybody, but she was in a place of authority. She was in a place of influence, in a place of rule. And this general, Naaman, introduces a problem that is put before Esther. So Mordecai... He's, he's able to communicate. He's able to get back to Esther. And, and, and I'm going to read uh, Esther chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. Again, you have the, an individual evil man named Naaman who is desiring to take out an entire group of people. How many know that we have an enemy of our souls that is desiring to take us out? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Principalities. Rulers of the darkness. So there are forces constantly, no matter how high we go, no matter how much influence we have on Instagram, hey now, no matter how much wealth that we have, no matter how great things are, we are constantly reminded, we need to be reminded of the spiritual opposition that is waiting for us. Esther chapter 4, 13 through 14, then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther. Again, he, he's kind of, he's sending people back and forth and they're communicating. Mordecai and Esther are communicating with one another. Mordecai sends this warning. says, don't think. Then Mordecai uh, told them to reply to Esther. Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the Jews. What does that mean for us? Don't think just because you... You hit retirement, you got your 401k fully funded, that it's all going to be good when, you, right. when it's all done. Don't think because you've been saving all week for that, you've been saving for months for those new pair of Jordans, that like it's all going to be good. Don't think that when you get that dream job, that everything is going to be good. Yep. Mordecai says to her, for if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, because God's plans are going to be fulfilled whether you do it or not. But there's an invitation from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows, he says, who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Who knows if you have not come to DFW for such a time as this. Who doesn't know that you have been given your job in whatever capacity you are doing for such a time as this? Esther found her place herself in a position to influence 
an unjust king and thereby save a nation of people. And whether you realize it or not, if we can get our attention off of our own circumstances, if we realize it, if not, elect of God, the church of Jesus Christ, God has positioned us, he's positioned you to influence others to do what? To bring about salvation to the people who are destined for eternal destruction. This is the eternal perspective that we have to maintain. So spiritual renewal, what does that look like? How can we experience spiritual renewal? Three ways. I'm going to give you three ways. I like to say I shoot threes. Better than Pastor Gwimar. Come on now. I'll cross them up too. Three ways that we renew our spirit. Here's the first thing. And, and, and again, I'm going to draw a parallel to we see, to, that we see in Esther. The first thing, the first way that we renew our spirit is we look to God for direction in good times and in bad. Esther, uh, chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Esther had not told anyone of her nationality and family background because Mordecai had directed her not to do so. You go down to verse 20, after she was already the queen... And it says, Esther continued to keep her family background and nationality a secret. She was still following Mordecai's directions just as she did when she lived in his house. She was still following Mordecai's direction when she got the job that she wanted. She was still following, we can still follow, we must still follow God's direction in the good times when everything is going good. Because quite often in our life, sometimes we are believing God. Oh, Lord, I'm believing for you. And we show up to midweek prayer and, and God, I'm believing you for this. And he makes good on it. And we're like, all right, I'm good. Thanks, Lord. I'll see you, I'll see you in a couple months. Like, yeah. bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye. See, Mordecai, he, Esther's cousin, represents the Holy Spirit that's within us in this story. And even after she became queen. She was still submitted to his direction. Here's the second thing. So the first thing, look to God for direction in good times and bad times. Here's the second thing. Learn to be content. Having little, having much. Esther 2.15, it says, She asked for nothing except what he suggested. She was admired by everyone who saw her. See, contentment doesn't mean you don't have a desire for things. It just means that whether you get things or not, you're still going to be good with who you are. So this this is a place that we're invited to, y'all, where we say, Lord, whether, whether I have a lot, Paul says that I've learned the secret to living, he says. He says, I've learned to be abased, whether I'm, whether I'm abounding or whether I'm abased, I've learned the secret to life of being content, whether I have, whether I have not. This is a challenge in the world that we live in. In a, material, a materialistic focused society, it's a challenge because we look, we compare. We say, I wish I was that tall. I wish I had that much hair. Come on, Pastor Lewis, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's what. Come on, Pastor G. <laughs> right. All these things, all these places of comparison that the enemy uses to focus on what we don't have rather than amplify and strengthen what we do have. Wow. Wow. 
Contentment is a way that we posture ourselves with a grateful heart, which helps revive our soul and renew our spirit. And here's the thing, y'all. We have to do it daily. This isn't like, man, we're going to go to a spiritual renewal, so I'm going to wait a couple months, and then I can't wait for that spiritual renewal service that we're going to have. No. <laughs> this is a place every day yeah. that God is inviting us to, that we would look to him for direction, that we would be content. Lord, you've given me more. How, y- y'all, oh. Come on. I don't care how much you got in the bank. I don't care how much you don't have in the bank. I want, to, I want you to know you have more than enough. Why? Because you serve a God of more than enough. And the enemy of our soul wants you to focus on what you don't have. Here's the third thing. So a little pop quiz for you. What was the first thing? Come on now, saints. Look to God for direction in good times and bad times. Yes. Second thing was what? Contentment. Here's the third thing. Remember that you are greatly loved by God. Daily. Thank you, Lord, that I'm loved by you. Thank you, God. Help me see myself as you see me, Lord. One who has been bought with a tremendous price. God, you gave your only son for me. You have to love me. Esther chapter 2. Verse 17, it says, And the king loved Esther more than any of the other young women. Hey, you all want to know something? You're God's favorite. It's cool. I'm his favorite too. Like, you're his favorite. We have all been birthed into the family. He had one son that he put into the ground for three days, and out of that came up billions and billions of sons and daughters that would bear his image. Express his goodness to a generation that desperately needs the love of God around the world. I know this is Bible Belt, and like people know Jesus. They, they know of him. But it's, an, it's one thing, Pastor G and I were talking about this. It is one thing to know somebody, to hear about somebody, and it's another thing to see them. If you look back over your life, there are undoubtedly instances where the hand of God was over you. Where you can look back and you say, I remember I saw God. And this is the place we have to be reminded of daily. God, I can't see you right now, but I remember when I saw you. And that's the faith that I walk in, in this unknown season of my life. In this place of determining what are the next steps for me. Spirits need to be renewed daily. Where are you? You're exactly where you need to be. Who are you? Exactly who you need to be. Uh, Some of us, it is so easy. We attach our self-worth to what we, what we have our hands to. And here's, I want you to know this. I want you to, there are three different things. You can even write this down. There are three different spheres of, of, of influence. Job, calling, destiny. 
Quite often we get all those three intertwined. We say, my job is my calling and my destiny. No, it's not. Your job is, your calling is your calling. Your job is just a platform for your calling to function on. Some say, well, I, man, Brother Phil, you don't understand, man. I, I don't think I was called to, man, to, to like serve in a nursing home my whole life. I don't think that was my call. I, I think that I'm called to ministry. And I would say, yeah, you're right. Come on. That's just your job. Your calling is the place where God's glory and his love is manifested through your life. And wherever you are, I don't care who you, I don't care what you're doing, wherever your feet go, the love and the manifest glory of God is needed. So you are, my friend, exactly where you need to be. Why? Because, because there is a world that is lost, that is dying, that doesn't know what it is to be content. I live in a place down in southwest Florida where there are, in, in, in Naples, just south of me, 15 minutes south of me, there are more, uh, in season, which you got like snowbird season, where people go down there and okay, they say the birds fly south in, in the winter. But in season, there are more billionaires per capita within these boundaries of Naples, Florida. And I can tell you there is such utter brokenness. Because for some people, they've chased that carrot. I made it. I got to the palace. I'm royalty. I got influence. I got all the money I could ever need. But they don't have contentment in their heart because they haven't abandoned themselves to Jesus. Remember, you're greatly loved. And that love isn't just for you. Your love is to be dished out, Amen. scattered abroad. Yeah. Where's he going to do that? I'll tell you where he's going to start. It's going to be in your house. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Lord, help me as a father. Show my children the love of God. Help me, Lord, not to lose sight, to be so absorbed into what I have my hands to that I miss the simple reality that all you're calling me to is sonship. And it's from that place. Everything flows out of that place. You know, some of you, uh, some of y'all maybe got money problems, challenges. The place where you're like, Lord, I'm tired, season after season, I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of not having. My friends, I want to challenge you. That it, for, for, for many of you, it, it's probably not a money problem. It's an identity problem. When you know who you are, and I'm not talking about God's going to make everybody rich. I'm not talking about that crazy prosperity nonsense. I'm talking about the fact that you've been bought with the price and your father owns it all. Like, I was telling Pastor, like, y'all have an opportunity to, to, to make a mark. You're already making a mark in this community and God's going to give you ground. And here's the reality. Like, if God wants y'all to have that building, y'all are going to have it. Yep. Amen. You know, I'll say this too. Part of the reality 
is all the money that is needed for this project is here. It's just in y'all pockets still. <laughs> he can do exceedingly, abundantly, all that we could ask for or imagine. And we're able to do these things not according to our own ability, but according to the riches and glory which we have as sons and daughters in who? Christ Jesus. Yeah. So my friends... You're in a place where you're like, I can't stand this job. <laughs> I get it. I hate doing this. Okay. Romans 8, 28, 30. What should we know by now? Verse 28. And we know that God causes... Everything, all things, everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And that's a, praise the Lord, that's a good promise, y'all, but it doesn't stop there. This is what he continues to say. For God knew his people in advance. God knew you in advance. And he chose you to become like his son so that his son, Jesus, would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, you and I. Verse 30 Having chosen them, he called them to come to him. Going to God for direction. And having called them, he gave them right standing. And having given them right standing, he gave them what? His glory. You have everything you need. If you have the glory of God, you have everything you need. And you are exactly where you need to be, wherever you are. Like I said, the culture of the kingdom of heaven is needed. I, I want to I talk to, to some people that have job and relationship dissatisfaction. You're not satisfied where you are. And that's okay. What I've, what I've learned over this last year, even in my own life, is that there are two things that could be growing simultaneously. Contentment and then holy dissatisfaction. Contentment that says, Lord, I'm good. I wake up every day recognizing all that you've given me. I'm good. Whether I have a lot, whether I don't, Lord, you are my provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Shalom. You give me peace. Like, so I have that contentment, but also I say, Lord, I know that there's more. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, I know that you're calling me to something beyond myself. Y'all, we just need to take our eyes off of ourselves for just a few minutes. People say, uh, there's, there, there's that statement, and some people, you know, that some people say stuff, and they're like, you know, in the Bible it says, like, no, don't say that. They're like, you know, in the Bible it says that God helps those who help themselves. No, it don't. That's the most opposite of the gospel statement that you could make. Because we couldn't help ourselves. That's why Jesus had to come. We couldn't be in right standing. Like, we, we couldn't. And y'all, y'all, this is not about us. It's not about you. Life, your life is not your own. My life is not my own. Your life is not about you. When you can see that, when you can recognize that, God says, whoo, I got you right where I want you now. 
the duty of the priest, of the high priest, was to go into the Holy of Holies. We see this in the tabernacle. They were to go in, and the priest's responsibility was not to pray for himself. The priest's responsibility was to pray for the people. The Bible calls us a royal priesthood. That's what, that's what, that's what it calls us. First Peter it says that we are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. So our responsibility, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, a part of that responsibility is interceding and praying for the needs of others. And you know what happens? The Lord starts giving you resource. He starts blessing your life. Because he knows, all right, well, I can trust you because I know you're not just going to bury what I've given you, but you're going to spread it and you're going to invest what I've given you into the lives of others. Can I get a good amen right there? So as you're dissatisfied on your job, you're right where you need to be. God can give you a new job. God can open doors that no man can shut and close doors that no man can open. So you just need to trust that reality. Like, Lord... I did not, hmm. the place, even if you're in a place where you say, man, I feel deficient, like, I feel like I don't have what it takes to do my job well, like, here's the reality, like, you didn't open that door, God opened that door for you. Sometimes, so, we just went through one of the most devastating storms in Southwest Florida, Y'all pray for the people of Southwest Florida. I know it's, it's not on the news feed, but there are tens of thousands of displaced people right now in Southwest Florida. And I had the privilege of working as a faith-based liaison for Lee County, one of the, the counties most affected by this storm. And I, and I got an inside look at all the craziness that had gone on. But I had, got, I had the opportunity to serve with these people from the United Way. A lot of them were working in a call center that were receiving calls from 211, just, just, just terrible calls that they were receiving, people trapped in their houses in flooded waters and the phone hanging up and people crying, asking if their parents were in shelters. And, and I was working with people that were in charge of mass feeding and getting food to people that had no, their houses were destroyed. And there's this place that we can all go to where we see the challenges in our life and the problems around us and the circumstances that are going on and we could say man lord help me fix this and here's what i want you to know you're not designed to carry some burdens that you that you're carrying i have learned at times to say lord you have a problem it's not my problem i didn't cause it and sometimes we do but for the times where we experience life circumstances on our job and the challenges that we have there if someone's giving you problems on your job, you can't stand your boss. Say, Lord, I'm your son and your daughter. You have a problem. I'm going to keep my heart pure. And I'm here to be a steward of whatever you place in front of me. Come on. See, the problem isn't, isn't what's going on around you. The problem is what's going on within you. We say, Lord, there's, it, there, there's a problem, and yes, that, that's a reality, but God's not calling you to fix problems. He's calling yourself to walk as a child of God. The way that you fix the problems around you 
is to allow God to fix what's in you. And then you know what happens? You have a renewed mind. God, if I... Would you come up, sister? And would, you, would you... You say, if I can just change my environment... If I could just change my job, it'll all be good. If I can just change my circumstance, all my problems will be gone. And the guy says, no, in the middle of all of that, I want you to look to me for direction. The author, we fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews tells us, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. Contentment. Lord, all this craziness, even, even, y'all, we, hey, we need to be leaned in in the places of injustice in the world. But saints of God, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against Republicans. We do not wrestle against Democrats. Accountability, yes. Injustice, speak to it. But we're so, at times we, we fall short in our souls. We do such violence to our souls because we're trying to engage in a fight that God did not equip us to fight. It's a spiritual battle. The battles that we face in life, the challenges that we face, the victories that are to be won in the world around us are not won with guns, weapons. They're not won with yelling, shouting. They're won on our knees. Yeah. I want to I pray for us because... At times we have such a false expectation of what success looks like. We have a false expectation on what the plans of God are supposed to look like in our life. I want us to recognize that this is where we're meant to be. The posture of a son and a daughter. Bow your heads. Father, thank you that you see us so much better than we can see ourselves. God, thank you that you have not given us a spirit of timidity. You have not given us a spirit of fear. God, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. You've given us a spirit of self-discipline. So my prayer today for each person that's here, God, is that they would recognize that you have them in the perfect position to allow heaven to come to earth, to allow heaven to come to their home, to allow heaven to come to their job, to allow heaven to come to Keller, to allow heaven to come to Texas. God, you have positioned them uniquely Thank you, God, that they are fearfully, 
wonderfully made. God, to manifest the love of Christ Jesus that was poured out, your love that was poured out on the cross. God, I come against the lies of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ right now over each son and daughter here. And if you come today and you say, hey, um, yeah, I, I've heard about Jesus, like you said. But I, I want to know him. I, I've never known Jesus. I don't know what it's like to be a son. I don't know what it's like to be a daughter. If that's you, I'm just going to, if today is the day where you just need to make a decision to say, I, I'm, I'm not going to approach life the same way I've been doing it. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand? I, I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I see those hands. Lord, you see every heart, every hand lifted, every heart postured towards you. God, thank you that we're more than conquerors. God, and I pray, and I thank you, Lord, that it's the place of belief that the battle plans can be established when we believe and we trust in you. Thank you that your word tells us in Romans 10 that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our heart that God the Father raised him from the dead, that we will experience salvation. So God, today we confess Jesus as our Lord. We trust that he rose, that we might live. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand? I want us to just have a moment of worship, and then Pastor G is going to come up and close us. Y'all, you are exactly, turn to somebody and say, you're exactly where you need to be. You're exactly where you need to be. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing out together. This is, come on, let's sing it together. Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.